what I can represent in my body is going to manifest in my life. So for example, like the flexibility or the softness, like when I'm able to like actually embody that, I find that that starts to happen more in my life. And sometimes we live in tension because we're always trying to like be the same version of whatever we have in our heads. It's like, this is what an entrepreneur does. This is how an entrepreneur stands. This is really about the ability to detach from the image that you have of yourself as someone that's always in control and always looks good or is presenting like a good version of themselves to the outside world. Welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, the self-development and self-love podcast where you get to learn through the open sharing of stories. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, self-love and self-care mentor. I also like to call myself a quantum self-love coach, a spiritual healer, and a self-expression enthusiast. You can find me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, and I'd love to connect with you there. And I am on a mission to create a world with more embodied, empowered, and fully self-expressed women. And this podcast is one of the ways I get to serve you. My guests and I cover topics around spirituality, womanhood, healing, business, love and relationships, and more as we open up and share our journeys through life. My intention with Openly Spoken is to help be your guide to empowerment, self-expression, and living a life you are in love with. I invite you now to set an intention, open your mind, and surrender to the transmission you're about to receive. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Openly Spoken, or if you're new here, hello, hello. I am so grateful that you're here. I wanted to first start with just expressing my gratitude of how grateful I am that you hit play on this podcast today. I know there's so much content out there to listen to, and I've been looking at my analytics and seeing all the different countries that have listeners tuning in, and it just makes my heart smile. And I am just so, 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 so grateful for you. If you haven't already connected with me and said hi to me, go ahead and find me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe. Send me a DM. Let me know that you are a podcast listener and I would love to just connect with you. And yeah, I am, I am so great. Like I can't even describe in words how grateful I am that you are here. Okay, so let's dive into today's episode. Today we have Natalie Orr as a guest. Natalie is a life coach and dance expert, and she specializes in the transformational power of movement and innate body wisdom. This was one of my favorite interview conversations. I honestly could have spoken to Natalie all day. And I love her thoughts. She also has a podcast called The Rhythmic Body. And I just love to listen to the way she thinks. And she really gets my wheels turning. And a little bit more about Natalie. She has 15 years of experience teaching different dance styles, including ballet, commercial dance, salsa dance, samba dance. She has a master's degree in dance anthropology And um, I think that's where like some of her very interesting ideas come from. Like if you listen to her podcast, which I highly recommend, I'll put a link to that in her, in her show notes. She talks about 
what it's what it means to be human and she like connects it with dance and it's just so fascinating so natalie combines her knowledge as a professional dancer and a teacher with mindfulness and mindset tools she learned from becoming a certified master life coach as well as her coaching sessions and programs she also teaches regular dance classes in madrid and Natalie uses a combination of evolutionary anthropology and spiritual wisdom to make sense of the world and help others and herself live in alignment with nature and in health and abundance. We talk about a few different things in this episode. We talk about perfectionism, embodiment, body awareness. There's even like a mini embodiment practice that Natalie walks me through, which I remember being so helpful when we sat down and had this conversation because I had a little bit of a crazy morning before I sat down and um, had this conversation with her. So she helped me really like check in and drop into my body. So it's, I'm really excited to share that with you. Uh, we talked about changing our relationship with rest. We talked about uh, multiple perspectives and multiple realities. And I think that piece is so profound to listen to and have a little think about, maybe journal about. And I would also love to hear your thoughts on that piece if you DM me on Instagram. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive into this beautiful, powerful episode. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Natalie. Welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's uh, start things off with you giving us your story, how you got to where you are today and anything that you want to share with us about your journey. So, okay. So this is like the quick version. <laughs> um, and I'm really a person who's still kind of split in two, but I know that we're going to focus a little bit more on embodiment today. So I'm going to go more that route <laughs> so just as a as a preface preface I'm a life coach and also a dance teacher so that starts with the story of like most little kids you kind of find that you're really really enjoying something for me that was dance and music and then I wanted to carry on with that eventually I end up um training well doing my degree in the University of Leeds and I was doing dance which is contemporary dance it's just called dance um, and then I ended up doing a master's in dance anthropology this was like I had a, little, a few years gap there um, but that was really the study of what does it mean to be human and why do human beings dance um, so it was actually all theoretical but Ooh. I absolutely loved it and I feel like I, I mentioned this now I usually actually don't talk about my master's because it's some quite often not that relevant but for our conversation mm -hmm. today I think it will be because mm -hmm. it really is going to touch on the fact of well human beings and why is it that every single culture and um, tradition like dating back from like really the beginning of human beings why have they all had some kind of movement practice that is to music or what we might say rhythms because you know they wouldn't have used mm -hmm. those words obviously back in the day mm -hmm. um, but there's something very human about all of that and there's something that is fundamental to all of us so I just wanted to mention that you know I, I did that for my master's and it really informed my life moving forward also gave me just the ability to view things in the way of cultural relativism so the idea that like my values are not necessarily the values that everyone has to have and my judgments of things are not you know 
able to be put onto other people in the way that they do things. So that also helped me, I feel like, um, in my embodiment journey as well, to just know that everybody is having their own subjective experience of reality mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to have that available, you know, multiple realities being available at the same time, which I feel like is really important to be able to hold both things like your subjective reality and the fact that there are multiple realities as well so sorry I've already dived a little bit away from my story (laughs) to finish (laughs) I um I then moved to I've missed out a few things here but I used to dance professionally mainly Latin style salsa samba reggaeton that kind of thing um and then yeah and then I moved to Spain when I was 24 I just really wanted to learn Spanish I wanted to live here I've always been called to like the Mediterranean. My mom's actually from Cyprus. Um, so I have, you know, Mediterranean blood <laughs> and Spain was calling me. So I moved here and that was a whole story in and of itself, you know, moving by yourself when you don't speak the language and you don't know anyone. Um, I just decided that Madrid was the place for me. And actually next year I'm going to be selling my, celebrating my 10 year anniversary here. So it all wow. worked out. <laughs> Got married to my Spanish um boyfriend this year so yeah that was you know a success story although it had its ups and downs as they always do um but actually when I moved to Spain I started ballet again and ballet was something that I hadn't danced for a very very long time I stopped training properly in it when I was nine because I I actually just moved to a different city etc I didn't find a school that I liked so I came back to it when I was 25 which if you have been in the ballet world you know some people consider to be kind of old which is crazy because 25 is super young but anyway this was like another part of my journey and um I ended up training at one of the conservatoires in Spain that was just like very lucky that they they were open-minded enough to take an adult student (laughs) um and it was actually through ballet that I really started to discover my disembodiment so it was very interesting because I came later to all of this which I know some people find strange because they're like, well, if you were a dancer and you were trained in dance, surely you had a good relationship with your body. But like, that is not how it works. I had a good way of using my body as an instrument, but that's a totally different thing. Um, And so it was through me observing myself and ballet. And this is also when I got into a lot more personal development work, et cetera. And I started to put two and two together of like my internal dialogue and my relationship to my body and how that was all coming together and manifesting in various different ways. Um, And so then from there, I started doing um, like divine feminine movement workshops, actually incorporating some of the Latin dance experience that I had before. Um, So yeah, it's been a, it's been a long journey. And right now at this very moment, I'm, I'm coaching, I'm doing coaching specifically for perfectionists. Um, and also I teach my regular ballet classes here in Madrid for adult dancers I did a lot of online stuff during lockdown but as we came out of it the embodiment part of me said I want to be in the studio I want to be with people feel the energy like let's do this together I'm just going to let go of the online stuff for now and that's felt really really good so yeah (laughs) that was a little bit higgledy piggledy but we got there (laughs) I had no idea that like adults could go and take ballet ballet classes had I known like I want to I want to do that now (laughs) it's so fun not every right not not all dance schools offer that you know that's the truth of it but like the places that do it's really so much fun because I feel like ballet we have to be careful as perfectionists (laughs) like if you're someone Mm -hmm. who's a perfectionist um to be aware of that ballet can bring that out 
big time mm. because it is so precise mm-hmm. it's so difficult it's very demanding um which can be great and actually if you're not a perfectionist it's wonderful training in those aspects but if you already are like mm-hmm. I was I really that's when I started to see um you know I can use ballet as a way to criticize myself to judge the things I'm not good enough at yet and it's kind of very objective in a way which also perfectionists love so um but now that I've let go of all of that it's just wonderful and I get to you know enjoy every class and go in and like accept whatever body is there each day instead of you know being frustrated like well why can't I do this today that I could do last time but yeah I, I just you know I was really a big part of I think the movement of adult ballet online because I just happened to be on Instagram mm-hmm. at the right time sharing my journey before mm-hmm. a lot of other pe- other adults were sharing their journey online it was mainly professionals and then younger students um the typical I guess like what people have as an image of ballet mm-hmm. um and when we started to really give each other permission to be doing this and not having to like have it as kind of like a daily little secret that we're not supposed to share with the rest of the ballet world because they're the people that are really doing it and we're kind of fake doing it um, that was really like a big turning point. And now there's a whole, like, I, I don't want to say global because, you know, I don't know exactly how it's stands in, in all countries and how accessible it is, but at least in a lot of countries, there really are lots of opportunities now. And I just want to take the chance to say whether it's ballet or something else, it's absolutely never too late to do something if you feel called to do it. Yeah, especially because like you don't have to be a professional or compete or win anything. It's just that having that space to like be able to move in that way can be so uplifting. Yeah. Like just doing something just because you love it. (laughs) Exactly. But that in itself was something that I don't know about you, but like for the longest time, I didn't give myself permission to do something just Mm. for that. Like it had to be something that was either productive or it was social or it was like I was improving in it or it was you know it had to for Mm -hmm. me for some reason this story of like well everything that I do should have a purpose and the purpose can't be fun because like that's not a purpose (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it was really silly but now I'm like um, fun is definitely a good purpose in life so now I embrace that but for the longest time I didn't yeah same I can totally agree uh totally relate like this whole year was basically me doing that journey that's like what divine feminine energy work opened me up to to like relax more and invite more fun like I even found myself like when I'm doing a certain work where I could have music on I would just do it in silence and I'm like why aren't I playing my favorite song and like making this more fun or even like something as mundane as like doing the dishes like if you turn music on I don't I still don't always remember it but if you turn music on and dance while you're doing it, that makes it way more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. I love too what you said earlier about uh, figuring out that like when you studied a master's degree in dance, you mentioned something about how there's like multiple realities happening at once. I think that's a, first of all, like very important to recognize as a coach because you said that you coach so you can recognize that like all right my client in front of me is experiencing a completely different reality so let me tune into his her or their reality so that I can be the embodiment of the help that they need so I love that how how do you like fully step into that do you have like a routine or anything like that is there anything 
For me, it was, yeah, I don't actually have a practice, although thinking about it now, I guess it's just something that once you've, for me, that was actually a light bulb moment and it might not happen that way for everyone, right? Sometimes we have to hear something a few times for it to sink in, but actually in this specific um, idea, concept of there being multiple realities and multiple truths, for me, it was a light bulb moment. It was one moment and it was my first lecture of my master's. And I know I'm sure the teachers like do, do this deliberately. Um, but she showed us a picture of the world map upside down. And she said, what are you guys seeing? Like, what, what are your comments about this? And obviously we were all thinking in our heads, like, oh, it's, it's upside down. <laughs> no one dared say it. And then eventually she was like, this is equally as correct as the way that you usually see it. And in my head, because I also, you know, people put me in the box of like, oh, she's a dancer. So she's probably like, you know, the languages, humanities. No, I loved science. Like I studied chemistry until A-level, et cetera. Um, and so my little mini science brain was like, tick, 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 tick. There's something wrong with this. It must be something to do with gravity. No, because gravity works all the way around. Like, okay, what is it? Can the solar system really be flipped upside down? Oh my God, yes, it can. What the hell? And like in that moment, I was like, boom, mind completely blown that I could have been so sure of something being true and so blind to another truth that was equally as true. And so that moment really made me be like, wow Nat you have to question everything now (laughs) like you've just been rocking along your little life thinking that you know everything the stuff that you've been taught you can just take that as like well that's the truth and there's no no, nothing else to to explore and so you know that was just the, the first lecture and then obviously the rest of that was you know looking at dances from different cultures and different historic periods and actually then questioning well you know this narrative that we have around you know ballet being this the best art because it's the hardest or you know whatever it is and this kind of hierarchy of the the arts dances the the arts and then folk dances which would be like you know salsa would count as a folk dance if you take it to its roots um you know it was on the streets of Havana whatever so it was that kind of wow just everything that you think was so stable and so structured kind of disintegrating before your eyes and that just opens up all the possibilities you know really just all the possibilities and I think if I hadn't have had that mindset when I moved to Spain I would have found it a lot harder because that's another thing you know people who grow up in a multicultural home um, I mean I did in a way because like I said my mom was from Cyprus my dad's from Scotland so you already have a little bit of an idea that things can be done in different ways and you still get a good result um so I think that helped a lot in my move to Spain just to be able to be more open-minded but I was still resistant it's like I even knew that I had all these realizations I'd had that breakthrough I'd understood and even then I came to Spain and I would judge like what the way that Spaniards did stuff and I'd be like why do they do it like this it's so inefficient or it's so unproductive and then I was like eventually only like this year and I've been here like I said nearly 10 years only this year am I fully understanding that it's like that is me coming from my values my values that that things should be productive and efficient but why is that why should that be the value that every single person in the whole universe should hold like Mm. just because it's mine why why is not leaving work just at the exact time that like it says you're contracted to and like going home to like have dinner with your family or your friends etc why is that not as much of a value why is it Mm. about the product you know and so even now I still find myself like the layers start to come off, but there's more underneath and more and more and more. So 
you know, I feel like this is a, a lifelong process, but it's certainly a very illuminating one. And it's very freeing because then when you mm-hmm. realize that the values that you hold and the things that you thought were sure aren't, it gives you so many more possibilities for your life. So in that way, it's very freeing, but it's certainly unsettling at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds like a perfect way to start the master's program. Like you said, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my purpose. goodness. I was like, I was like, best decision ever. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> it also reminds me of that uh, drawing where it's like a young woman, but it can also be looked at as, as an old woman. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. It's in, um, I saw it in Stephen Covey's book and he the chapter where he talks about that, it's about seeking to understand. Yeah. So that's also kind of like similar where he, he shared how I think he shared it in a, in a college classroom also. And like half the room was like, Oh, it's an old lady. And the other half were like, but they were both right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we talked about how embodiment is, uh, we talked about when we had like our initial call, mm-hmm. how embodiment can be very helpful for entrepreneurs so that we can get alignment in our business. What is some of the ways that you bring that forth or like, what are some of the ways that you could like guide our listeners to connect with their bodies more in a way, like for the purpose of getting alignment in their business? Yes. Okay. So let's start with embodiment and then we'll take it to the entrepreneurship just so that we're like all on the same page and we know what we're talking about. Cause like, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people I'm sure in your audience, like, yeah, embodiment and like, but Mm -hmm. just making sure that we've all kind of got a similar understanding, at least of how I'm going to talk about it now. Um, because you know, yes, we are always in our bodies. Like there's no other place where we can be right now, at least (laughs) like in between birth and death, like here we are, we're in our bodies, but there's something very different than, you know, like I said about the dance, like using my body is not the same as being intimately connected with my body. Um, And so I want to just start by making that distinction and saying like, this is what I mean when I'm talking about embodiment, which is an awareness of the cyclical connection between the mind and the body. And, you know, they're not even separate. So that, that in itself is just a helpful way Mm -hmm. that we can talk about things, but in the reality, the brain is part of the body. And so, you know, what are we even talking about making that distinction? Um, but it's the awareness that how I hold myself, how I sit, where I hold tension, you know, that is already informing my emotions and my thoughts. So we think that it goes top down because a lot of our society is top down. But in fact, when we go bottom up, there's so much power there. And re- like, especially for women, like there's so much power there. And I can, you know, there, there's my whole journey with endometriosis and kind of healing my womb and all this stuff. There's, there's a whole other story that I don't know if you want to get into it today, but, but just to bring it back to like the general thing is that we spend so much of the day in our heads, even as a dancer, I did, because I was analyzing my own movements. I was in my head. I was critiquing myself. I was looking in the mirror. I had a better relationship with the with the reflection of myself in the mirror than with my own body you know and that's typical for dancers who you know train in a studio with mirrors so it's a complex relationship because there are times when we're going to be more in our head and this is not to make one right and one wrong (laughs) coming back to the multiple realities it's not to make one right and one wrong but just to make sure that there are moments in the day when we're connecting when we're aware like am I holding tension how am I feeling right now and also the understanding that emotions 
live in the body because I think it's another thing that we're not that clear about sometimes like we get emotions and thoughts mixed up but they're not the same thing I mean they can be and they're usually related but you can have a thought that's going to spark an emotion or you can have an emotion that creates a lot of thoughts and so there's a lot of different sorry I'm just putting my cat down (laughs) um there's a lot of different ways that we get to integrate the body and that the body gets involved but I think bringing awareness to it gives us so much power. So that's what I mean by embodiment. Um, And then in terms of practices, I mean, there are so many. We could even, do you want to do one right now, like a really quick two minutes? Oh, that would be cool. Just as a a way that we can all get into like a um, a similar place with this. So let's just close our eyes for a moment because maybe we haven't checked in today. And just do a couple of deep breaths in your own time. And then you can just relax the muscles in your face. And then on the next breath out, we're going to just drop the shoulders down. And then next time, we're just going to release the abdominal muscles, especially as women, we tend to hold these tight and you can just soften, be open, be soft. And then whatever you're sitting on, if you're sitting or lying, or if you're walking, you can just stop and just allow all of the weight to be held allow yourself to be supported by the seat by the floor by the ground by the bed whatever it is that you're on top of right now and know that we always have that support we don't have to control we don't have to be tight we don't have to be engaged all the time we're allowed moments of surrender moments of release moments of being held being supported And now the last thing we can do is just to bring awareness if I'm still holding any tension in my body or what sensations do I have? Do I have somewhere that's a bit uncomfortable? Am I in any pain? And then just taking a breath into that place. And then when you're ready, we can just open our eyes, come back. So that was just, you know, a minute, but I really enjoy doing this for for much longer and taking my time. I like doing body scans and going, you know, all the way through the parts of the body and just releasing the tension. Um, And it's a really good way to check in and just see what are we still holding on to and where did that start? And for me, like it was years of holding on to my abdomen, like and my like uterus, mm. uterus space. And so mm. there are some that are going to be a longer term. Also for me in winter, like I always am holding tension here because when it gets cold, I go like this. And so again, just bringing awareness to that. But for different people, it'll be different things for you. It might be your back. It might be your upper thighs. Like, you know, just be mm-hmm. bringing awareness to where is it for me that I tend to hold the tension of the day? Where do I hold my stress? And, you know, we talk a lot about reducing stress in our lives in the external, which is wonderful too, but we can also do it the other way around, which is to how do I eliminate the sensation of stress in my body? And then it goes into my thought patterns. So we've got access to both Mm -hmm. ways and they're both great to utilize. Right. But sometimes we forget about the embodiment part. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel so relaxed. (laughs) Yay. So for entrepreneurs, (laughs) this is a really big one because you know, especially if we are running our own business and there's always stresses with that. 
but there's also no boundaries sometimes. I mean, we put the boundaries as entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So this is not the same as when you have, you know, a nine to five job or whatever hours you work and you are in a specific place and then you leave that specific place and you can kind of turn off or we at least hope that you do, although less and less. <laughs> I feel like that's happening with whatever you work in now is the boundaries are getting blurred. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really important to be aware of not just you know, kind of switching off notifications on email and stuff, but also if we can, like shifting our bodies into the the different space, the different time, the different moment. And so a really great, great way of doing that is through the senses. Um, and we forget that we're sensory beings because we live, as I said, so much in our heads <laughs> and so much through our eyes. And, you know, now that everything's online, it's, it's all sight and hearing. And we forget that like, no, smell and taste and touch are like, so important as well and so you know sometimes when I finish I like a scented candle or I deliberately will like make myself a hot drink and sit down and like taste it not just do it and what put something on to watch or something but you know taste it and these are so simple and so small that they almost seem trivial but it is the way to get back into the body we take our body for granted which is why all these things Mm -hmm. sound trivial because we're like well yeah it's just my body (laughs) like that whole thing again no no that thing that temple of divinity that is the way that you experience this life yeah that thing that thing and Mm -hmm. as much as it sounds simple etc um it's really powerful and so that's one way you know just having that distinction the boundaries another thing that is so important is to notice when we're feeling tired and to listen to the first signs of that you need to rest this is something that I ignored for like literally like three decades yeah Same. <laughs> until a few years ago <laughs> right it's crazy because we've been taught to do that and so yeah in so many ways and this is absolutely for everyone but you know entrepreneurs especially because there is so many demands that we place on ourselves so this isn't even always coming from the external like it's it's internal which is why it's even more important to have that awareness which is um do I need a lion this morning and the other great thing about entrepreneurship is that you also have a little bit more flexibility which sometimes we Mm -hmm. resist because it makes us like all the stories come up like I'm lazy or I feel guilty other people are working right now and because I feel like I need a slower morning. Like, who am I to take that when everyone else is already in the office, whatever? And so, you know, this is why the mindset work in conjunction with the embodiment work is like double powerful. <laughs> so yeah. I love to like combine the two things. Um, but, you know, just for me, like I've seen in the past now, looking back, how I made myself ill by not resting enough, how I injured myself in ballet by not taking enough time off. And our body will give us the the little signals, but like, I always say the body whispers and the mind shouts. So if you want to hear your body, you're going to have to get quiet. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do like that little thing that we just did then. It doesn't yeah. take long. You can even do it, you know, literally just before you go to sleep for 60 seconds and just check in. But that's the moment when you're going to feel the little tickle at the back of your throat that says, mm, okay, tomorrow, no alcohol, <laughs> just uh, hot lemon water or whatever. Or, you know, that thing that's the start of a headache when you're, doing whatever or out with your friends or in your gym class or whatever that says actually you know what it's time to go home <laughs> or or before bed and you're just procrastinating when you really know that it's time you know all of those little things um and it's really about the stories that we tell ourselves being more important than how our body's actually feeling and the thing I love to remind myself is that my body is constantly trying to keep me alive and keep me healthy And Mm -hmm. it's my job to give it that environment so that it can do that. 
mm-hmm. I think we have like a weird relationship now where we think like we have to outside control everything and the body has no idea what it's doing and the human being has to control it. It's like, no, no, the human being is the body. <laughs> the body is so wise. The body has so much to teach us, to share with us. It's like I said, it's always trying to heal us. Now, it doesn't mean that it always will be able to, but at least it's always trying to. And when a lot of things are going wrong, a lot of the time it's because we're not tuned in and because we're not looking after ourselves how we should. Um, so like another little example, because hopefully me sharing little stories might help other people like relate to these things is that for the longest time I was eating gluten, even though my dad was actually born with celiac disease. So I should have probably had a bit of an inkling that like, maybe that's not going to be ideal for my body, but I just ignore that because pasta is my favorite food. But when I started to get into this embodiment work and stuff, I couldn't help but start to notice how my digestive system actually felt a few hours after I'd eaten like a big bowl of pasta. And it's amazing to me. Like even now, when I think about this, I'm like, how did I go for that many years without being aware of the bloating and the pain? Or did I just ignore it? Or was it that I just had like held my abs in for so long that I didn't even allow it to like show? I don't, I don't even know. But there was something when I started to really tune in that I was like, I have been sabotaging my body for the longest time. And that was when I started to realize, okay, gluten does not agree with my body. Let me shift to eating like less grains and more potatoes, et cetera, and rice, whatever. Um, And then that's when like my body started to really heal from the endometriosis, which is something that, you know, they tell you there's nothing you can do. It's surgery or it's the pill. I was like, I'm not going back on the pill and I don't want surgery. So you know, there's there's so many things and a lot, you know, every woman has their own story about something like this, you know, related to this. And it's just such a powerful thing to be able to tune back in and take the responsibility because with the responsibility comes the power as well to do something, to change something, to make these, they might seem small, but over the long term, like putting a little bit of emphasis back into the body pays dividends like down the line. Mm-hmm. And you, and you said something earlier too, about how, when you're embodying, when you're in your body and you're aware of your body, that kind of like sets the mindset in place or that, that I think your words were that it was like, both of them combined are very powerful. And that mm-hmm. makes me think of my own journey with how you were saying how you need to connect with when you need rest and all of that stuff and how you've ignored that. I ignored that too. The only reason why I stopped, it was by force. Like once I turned 28, I'm 31 now. Once I turned 28, like I I realized I was a little slower in the morning. I wasn't as hungry in the morning. My whole life I'd wake up starving in the morning and now my mornings are a little bit more slow. And um, doing that made me realize that, wow, all these years I've been kind of like ignoring myself, even with since around 2013, 2014, when I graduated college, I was researching into like success, what makes people successful and everywhere there's mindset is everything. So I was doing all this mindset work and that further kept me stuck in my head. And it's only until this year when I started doing embodiment work that all of the like mindset work kind of like really sunk in deep yeah like made profound shifts in my life <laughs> yes oh my goodness that is so true do you know what I've never thought about that image of like 
the mindset work sinks in when the embodiment work starts but like yeah, that is it's exactly so like surface level and yes. kind of like outside of yourself too but yes. when you when you get present in your body like really goes into all of your cells and your fibers yes. oh my goodness I love that word sinking in can I borrow that yeah <laughs> <laughs> I love it yeah it's so true and listen there's something I think to be said here of just you know the difference between being in a man's body and being in a woman's body and it's something that like still is a little taboo to talk about etc but we do ourselves as women a disservice by trying to ignore this fact and I know there's Mm -hmm. a big thing you know that's kind of like well we're not less than and etc but it's like of course we're not but we're Mm -hmm. also not the same as can we just acknowledge that now just because it's the multiple realities again where like being a man is not better than being a woman Mm-hmm. being a woman is fucking awesome if you let it be but you have to own that and we have to like you know use our way of doing things and our bodies is such a big part of that to really like channel and own our gifts and this for the longest time as well I was like every single word that just came out of my mouth in the last 30 seconds if you'd have asked me five years ago I'd be like that is absolute like don't listen to that she doesn't know what she's <laughs> talking about or even like oh she's like we've got this kind of political views or that kind of no 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 this isn't about that this is about when I connect to my body and I honor that I have um like a cycle every month and I'm able to see like when is the time that I'm gonna really excel at this thing and also when's the time that I'm gonna be better at this other thing like so for example just Mm -hmm. I don't know like meetings or social things and then but in ovulation and then really like intuitive kind of going inwards looking at the holistic side when I'm on my period all of that kind of thing and like we miss out on those gifts because we're trying Mm -hmm. to be men when we're not men right and so the same with the mindset stuff like maybe that does work better for people who are just on their circadian rhythm of like the same thing every day they wake up with the same you know and we also have a circadian rhythm of course so in some ways yes we can join there but then we miss out on this whole other thing, which is like, no, you do need more rest sometimes. And by you forcing yourself to be like a robotic version of a man in a woman's body does not serve you. And it doesn't serve the world and it doesn't let us give our gifts. And, you know, I, if, if there are people right now listening to this who are getting angry, I understand, like I understand. And you don't need to listen to this right now, but if you get curious about it and then you actually experiment for yourself, and see what your body really is wanting you to do without overriding it with the thoughts and the stories and the what I should be doing and how it's supposed to go. And when you actually get curious of like, what needs to come out? What, what do I actually feel like? Um, then, I mean, for me, that was just absolutely life-changing in many ways, like not just for my, like literally my physical health, like I was able to heal, um, but also for my business, you know? being able to schedule things when I need them to be scheduled, reducing my timetable a little bit to actually be able to do much better at the fewer things that I was doing instead of complicating everything. You know, we get to simplify, we get to, that makes everything more potent. And, you know, it's just, it's the curiosity and doing the me search, as I'd like to say, I got that from someone else, but it's like, you know, you don't have to take things just at face value. You do your own experimentation with them. See what works. Some things will, some things won't. The things I've shared today, maybe 50% of them won't work for you, but the other 50 might, or it might spark an idea to try something different. So this is what these conversations are about really, but it all comes down to the individual at the end of the day and what works for you. 
Yeah. And it's, it's really important to do that checking in of like, does this feel good? Like, do I really align with this? Like, instead of just mindlessly saying an affirmation, you don't believe in, like, that's not going to help at all. And I think uh, what you brought up about being in a man's body and a woman's body is perfect because I think the reason why in the entrepreneur world, this mindset is everything phrase is so popular is because for so many years, men were dominating the business space. And as women, we're still relatively new in this space. Like if you go back a few generations, like we're, we weren't even allowed to work in America, at least. I don't know how it was in Spain. And there's like all this. Oh, like, it was, yeah, even more recent here because they had a dictatorship really? until not. Yeah, yeah. Women weren't even allowed to study at university until wow. like the last, like, I think maybe 60 years now, something like that. Yeah. That's mind blowing. Yeah. Crazy. What's what's nuts to me, this is kind of off topic, but what's nuts to me is like, to me, thinking of like a woman's body versus a man's body like we have the ability to create life not that it, not that that's like our only purpose or that we have to do that but the fact that our body can do that like when I really sit and think about that I'm like wow like why isn't that more respected <laughs> in yeah across the world you know instead it's like oppressed it's really weird and it kind of makes me think like was there a time where men felt that they were like inferior to that or were they like scared of like what would happen if women were in power? Because I think if if more women were in leadership, it would actually balance things out. There wouldn't be like dictatorships and there wouldn't be like such such a bad balance with like how our climate is going and how businesses are running in unsustainable ways where, you know, eventually they're going to, we're going to run out of certain things because it's not renewable, but I'm so, kind of going off topic. No, but. <laughs> well, I, but I love talking about this stuff. I kind of agree, but the caveat I would say is like, but they need to be embodied women because like I just said, yeah, like yeah, me, for sure. me five years ago, getting into a leadership position is not going to change very much. Cause I had like a similar mentality of like yeah, control, same. control and dominate. Or like mm -hmm. control and prove you're the best or mm -hmm. control and like tell everyone else how to think or whatever. No, 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 mm -hmm. no, no, no. Like that's not it. And so whether it's in a, whether it's a woman in a woman's body or whether it's a man who also has appreciated the fact that no, we need to get sustainable. We need to work more in sight, work more in cycles, not have a monthly cycle, but like work mm -hmm. more cyclically where things are renewable, where there are downtimes, where it's not about increasing growth. It's about making it sustainable and enjoying the different phases of that sustainability. So, mm -hmm. you know, while it, while probably that's going to end up meaning that more women will be in power and in leadership roles, because we literally have an access point to that truth through our own bodies like yeah. it's that we are the embodiment of that and so when we connect to that there's a very good chance that that's what's going to come out of that and so hopefully that is the way that it goes but you know that there the, there's the oversimplification of thinking like just getting more women into leadership roles is going to solve that problem like I see that that's still on the mindset layer of like it yeah. needs to be what it what we want it to look mm -hmm. like rather than like no but yeah. what's the 
what's the embodiment of that thing? How is that going to actually manifest? Because, you know, just knowing from my old previous self, it wouldn't have helped that much. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even now there are women in leadership who you can like, they're definitely more embodying a masculine energy and they're not aligned with themselves. But you also mentioned something earlier about being aware that, you know, we have cycles and all of that stuff. And that's something too, I love that you brought that up because that's something that I've only been honoring maybe for like four months. And in doing that, I recognize like, wow, my entire life, I've like resented that that happens to me. And um, from the time I was uh, a teenager, when I, when that happened for the first time, like if I was on my period, I'd be like exercise really hard that day. And like, pretend like everything is cool and like no one can know and like you gotta like be conscious about the rustling of the packaging and all like there was just so much shame and so much like resenting of my body and like when I started being more um like honoring that more I just recognized like wow I'm sorry <laughs> like I'm sorry that like I've done this to you this all these years and I'm yeah. 31. So it's been such a long time of like doing that. And I think that's very, very important for, for women to connect with. Yeah. Even if, even if probably like, uh, if there are women who like don't have cycles anymore or like don't have them because of some sort of health issue, I'm sure there's still a way to like connect with yourself. Like I'm sure there, there might, I don't know, cause I haven't experienced that. But there might be like times where you can realize like, oh, I'm a little bit more tired today. Maybe I should like take rest. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you know, oh, there's so much I could say on this. But like I was saying before about how it wouldn't even matter if it was a man who then decides to connect with the cyclical nature of nature, like mm, the cycles yeah. of nature. So like whether it's honoring the lunar cycle, which often mm -hmm. aligns with our, you know, monthly cycle, menstrual cycle. Um, whether or not exactly as you said you are actually menstruating or not that's not really the main point although if you are there is a certain divinity to that which you can really you know I don't know like get the magic from it when you start to tune in and same mm -hmm. with me like I only came to this a few years ago as well and then since then I'm like wow another thing that I wanted <laughs> to say is the is the but the guilt around doing that because this isn't you know the conversation that we're having now it might seem you know, you know, easy because we're talking about in this way of like, oh, and then you can just connect to your body, you can just do this. And do it's not easy because we are literally going against us. By doing this, you're becoming a rebel, whether or not you want to view it that way. And if you don't want to, then don't view it that way, of course. But the mm -hmm. truth is that by embodying and saying no, when you need rest and you say no, that is rebellious because that's not just men that are going to be like, huh? That's also women who have bought yeah. into the narrative. And so, you know, it's not an easy thing that we're talking about here. And at least for, for myself, I know, and like you, you mentioned exercise, being in the dance world and, you know, more recently having let go of that. And now I, I teach, I don't dance anymore, um, any kind of performances or anything like that. But I just had so much guilt around honoring my cycle because there is no honoring of the cycle in a lot of the dance world and I imagine in sport world although what I've heard from elite athletes 
is that they're starting to train like train by cycle thinking and so this is often what happens it happens at the very very top elites because they're looking at the science like very deeply and science is going to reveal this so it's happening now at the elite level but the narrative hasn't trickled down yet to most like even like big companies for dancers or that kind of thing but I know some Olympic athletes like female Olympic athletes are like looking at this now so anyway what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter though because the narrative stays the same and so we have this guilt associated with it so for me it was like well who am I to rest on my period when the other people are going into the studio when they're on theirs and like that makes me wrong or like that like I'm such a weak dancer what's wrong with me and then we get into all this shame cycling and we go into the guilt um, and we never honor it and you know what recently I've just been like maybe I was never supposed to be a professional dancer in that way and maybe my body wasn't supposed to be dancing ballet for that many hours every single day etc like every week of the month and since I started to think that I've been healing <laughs> right and now my body probably could if I wanted to although I you know I let that go and that's not what I want anymore but it's just so interesting that this is not just about the embodiment part but it is about also just acknowledging the fact that by doing this there will be things that come up that are really uncomfortable like people might question you people might think you they they might judge if they don't understand and think you're being lazy or they won't understand if they don't honor their own bodies how it is that you get to honor yours and so there's a certain strength that we need in order to be able to deal with that and if you don't have that yet it's totally fine like this isn't a one-way road that you're supposed to embody and then that's it and whatever. No, like there, there are still times when I don't honor what I need to and I, you know, do too much when I shouldn't or I don't do enough when I could. You know, there's all of the variations, but it's just the ability to say, okay, well, that wasn't ideal, but <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to come back to my body again and just make another choice. So this is not easy, um, but it's it's just so, so worth it. So I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because it's one that I love having with my friends and like anyone that I meet really. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think the key with that too is to like be, the way I look at it is like in my mind, I'm being my own mother, like I'm nurturing myself. So like how you said, you're going to come up with some difficulties from other people you're probably also going to come up with difficulties from your own self like you'll be like oh and like how you mentioned like if you're not doing enough you're like oh I'm lazy or I'm this or I'm that Mm -hmm. but for me like I kind of have this uh I guess it's like a habit or or a thought loop that I go to where I respond to those thoughts from a nurturing like mothery way like I imagine like oh that's my inner mother so I'm like no it's okay like get your rest. And I tell myself what I need. And it kind of feels like I'm like nurturing my inner child in a way, which that's a whole nother topic too. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That embodiment really helps with also. Um, but, uh, let's see, we kind of went off topic. I'm just going to (laughs) look at my notes a little bit. Sure. Yeah, we had so much to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, this has been awesome. This has like been one of my favorite podcast conversations. (laughs) Yay! Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, We also talked about when we had our like call, we talked about tension between people and inside people. And you did talk about earlier about instead of just the mindset with stress and external things with stress, how can I release stress? in my body. And I think that's 
a really important topic that we should touch on for this podcast because you know new and aspiring entrepreneurs I feel like they're more susceptible to stress because there's like huge goals in front of them and yeah. it's hard to it's hard to like relax and recognize what you have already when there's this huge goal in front of you that you haven't yet attained <laughs> yes oh so many things here Shall we start with some, like a few of the practices I can suggest that will help with this like tension in the body and things. Um, One of them that people can try, especially this is really great for perfectionists, although it's very uncomfortable, although everyone can do it, it's actually great for anyone, which is just free dance. Um, But it's very uncomfortable for perfectionists because you want to know what you're doing or you want to know that like these are the steps. no 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 that's not what it's about and I'm laughing because I did this for myself um for you know even having done contemporary improvisation classes but still it's not the same because you've got a goal there you're trying to work with your partner and there are certain movements that you kind of know how that's going to go etc and you want it to look kind of nice no this is not any of that it might look nice but only by coincidence the focus is the process and so there was like two months where I did this religiously every single morning because I knew that if I didn't commit to it, I would stop doing it because I hate to feel out of, or I hated, I'm much better right now, but I hated to feel out of control in my body. That was like one of the scariest things that, or most uncomfortable things, I guess I should say. So I said, I'm going to do it for two months every single morning. And I would put on a song, whatever I felt like that day. And I would literally just dance around to it and for some people listening now they're probably like well yeah there's no no big deal like that's great that's I do that and it's super fun or whatever like that is wonderful you probably don't have perfectionist tendencies but for the people that do I really encourage you to don't judge how you feel the first few times of doing it and this is really about the ability to detach from the image that you have of yourself as someone that's always in control and always looks good or is presenting like a good version of themselves to the outside world you know you're not doing this for anyone else it's just you and like I also suggest not doing it in front of a mirror although if you want to later like you can do that as well but maybe not the first few times and literally just do whatever comes out like the movements that really want to be born from like the inside of your body. So you're not going top down again. This is <laughs> our default, especially as perfectionists. And also as anyone who's you know trained in dance, that's the top down approach of like, what's the movement? What's the next thing that's coming? What would go well with this music? How do I stay on the couch? And no, no, you just feel it. And then you do it from the inside out from the yes, inside out <laughs> outwards. So that's one practice that, I love for releasing tension and for releasing the judgments that we have of ourselves. Um, Also, as entrepreneurs, there's a lot of judgments that come around, like, how are we doing? Am I on track? What are the people thinking about this? Have I attained my goals yet? There's a lot of that kind of judgment. And it's great to have goals, etc. But it's the flexibility And the way that I understand the world now, and this is just, you know, I'm sharing this. If anyone wants to take it, I'm not saying that it's true. But the way that I see it is like, what I can represent in my body is going to manifest in my life. So for example, like the flexibility or the softness, like when I'm able to like actually embody that, I find that that starts to happen more in my life. And this is exactly why I said about ballet before that that's actually almost encourages my masculine energy. And it really encourages my perfectionist tendencies because it's quite linear. It's quite strong. You don't move your hips, like the hips stay very still. 
And actually what I need is the antidote. What I need in my life very frequently is the antidote to that, which is the softness, the, the circular hip movements, like the just the, the letting go, the release. That was what I needed to embody in my body in order for that to come out in my life and for myself to give myself more permission to um, have more flexibility around the way that I do things and the way that I see things, etc. So, you know, that that will work for some people and some people might need the opposite. Some people might need more structure. You know, in that case, perhaps you would consider something that's a lot more linear or a little more, you know, like I know yoga can be good for that as well, because that is quite linear and stable and structured. But be aware, because that's another one that has got a lot of, um, you know, attention and popularity in certain circles, which is wonderful. It's like I still dance ballet. Like this is not, again, (laughs) to say that one thing is right or wrong, but be aware of how it's actually affecting your body and what are the movements actually like and if what you need is more structure more balance then perhaps that's exactly what you need but also do you have space where you're flowy and you're silly even that's another one big one like can you laugh while you're moving can you like not take yourself so seriously and all of that kind of thing so sometimes I also say that you can have one practice for nurturing which is the one that you really enjoy doing And then another one for growing, which is the one that feels a little more out of your comfort zone. So for me, that was the free dance was the one that was growth for me. Um, But for some people, it might be the other way around. So just kind of getting to know yourself and knowing which one of those you are. And I think there's also something in the process of that. If you allow yourself to move in different ways. So like, for example, I still dance salsa and bachata. um, And for me, I get to access another version of myself when I dance those styles and so that might might not be a dance style by the way it might be like you play a specific sport or when you're running you feel different versus when you're swimming or I don't know can be anything but movement practices where you get to actually access another part of the you that's always there and sometimes we live in tension because we're always trying to like be the same version of whatever we have in our heads is like this is what an entrepreneur does this is how an entrepreneur stands this is this is the hobbies that an entrepreneur has or these are the movement practices I'm ticking off all the boxes on the checklist it's like is that what you really need you is that the thing that's allowing you to connect with the sensual part of yourself the soft part of yourself etc so you know this comes back to being open-minded again and being willing to experiment and potentially being a beginner at something as an adult which is also very scary but very rewarding mm-hmm And I can see too how the salsa and bachata is better for you because how you said that like in ballet, you don't move your hips and salsa and bachata are like all hips. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's what I mean. (laughs) It can be very uncomfortable. Like I, I learned it from someone I was dating a few years ago. And I even remember like the first time being in a Zumba class and moving my hips like that for the first time, it was very uncomfortable, but, um, also, I like laughed in the process. That's kind of like yeah, what I do so when I'm uncomfortable. I just like laugh. <laughs> but um, better to laugh than judge yourself. Like yeah. if there's a coping mechanism that's the maybe the preferable one, laughter would probably be it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And then also like how you mentioned that like balance between rigidity and flowing. That can also, I think, look different in different chapters of your life. For example, I started doing yoga in 2014 and that really helped me like reconnect with my inner voice. And it was very like, I went to yoga teacher training and all of that. And it's very like 
now that I see like, I didn't realize it then, but now I see it was very structured and very masculine. And like, you got to do your sun salutations for this many rounds. And then you do this, this, and this, and then you lay down. And after, I would say after about like five or six years, I kind of lost my motivation to do my yoga practice. And it was a struggle for a long time. And it got really like, it got worse with quarantine because I wasn't going to a studio where I like had to do the movements because my ego wouldn't let me just lay in child's pose. And the way that I got, um, got back into it was like, I'm just going to go on my mat and feel it out and do the poses for wherever I feel tight. Like, I'm not going to, you know, make sure I do this X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to move intuitively. And even in like cat cow, you can like start to like sway around and stuff like that. So I think that's really important. I'm bringing that like flow and that fun to it. Like even playing music, like in my yoga teacher training, they were like, don't include when you make your playlist for class, don't include beats or lyrics because that's distracting. But when I have a song that I love, it helps me like be more flowy and be more fun. So I need that right now in this chapter of my life. Yeah. And this comes back to the thing of the right and wrong, even within things like this, you mm-hmm. see how they're like, don't do that music. Cause that's wrong. And the right way to do it is this. Yeah. There's so, there's still so many judgments, like even within these things that are, you know, really, really helpful, really, really helpful. But even within there, it's like, but still, if you're really doing it, it needs to be done this way. And Mm -hmm. to stray from that, somehow now you're not really doing it. It's something else, which is, you know, it is something else, but it's the judgment around that being not as good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's rampant in in the dance world as well. (laughs) But you also touched on something that we haven't talked about yet, which I would love to just mention, which is, um, you know, going to the yoga class and not only having the accountability, but being in the same energy as the people who are in that room. Because sometimes, you know, especially now after lockdown, we're actually so used to motivating ourselves, which I think has been, you know, really good on the one hand, but we don't see all the stuff that we've now that we're missing. Mm. And it's so interesting because I feel like sometimes in life you forget the things that are really healthy for you until they come back and you're like, oh, yes. I remember why I needed that. I remember now why it was important, but while it's been taken away because humans are so incredibly adaptable, we're so good at trying to be okay with whatever the situation is that we're in. Um, then we start to let go of these things. And I just want to remind everyone that like, we are a human, um, a social species. Human beings are a social species. It is incredibly important for us to be with other people. And one of the most profound ways that we can connect embodied wise is through movement um, and so that movement can be many different things if you think about it like if you think about picture like an orchestra right now they're moving in synchrony they're playing music like it's not dancing but they're moving in synchrony you think about um like ritual movement things like people are moving in synchrony like there's so many things and then of course dance is you know the obvious example and like I said before every culture from history until dance started to get banned because it used to empower people too much. But before that, when when dance wasn't banned, every culture had within their spiritual or religious practice, some type of communal movement because they knew that this was not only good for bonding people together, but it's so good for people's 
mental and physical health to be joined in that way and it's another experience it's like I know we come back to this again and again in this podcast but we're so focused on the mind and of like well let's find the things that are in common on this layer of like the conversational layer which is obviously incredibly important as well but there's something else and we forgot about this thing that's like when we're in our bodies and we're having an embodied experience and you know even like being in a concert when a band's playing or when your favorite artist is playing and jumping with the people like on the floor at the same time like I just got goosebumps saying that yeah. like that it that's the thing those are the when everyone when is we feel singing, when everyone's singing yeah. at the same time sorry exactly. to interrupt you I love no, exactly. that feeling so much yeah. like when an artist like puts the microphone out to the crowd and everyone is singing the lyrics at the same time it makes yeah. me feel like I'm connected and like yes. I'm a part of this like family it, it always brings tears to my eyes <laughs> yes and this is the thing like these are not silly little things these are literally programmed into us as human beings and this is why you know sometimes I get angry I try to like not go into anger but sometimes I get so angry at the way that the arts or like however you want to classify this like music dance etc have been like sidelined as just like things for artistic people no 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 dance and music are human behaviors before anything else if later you want to turn them into an art form great but they are human behaviors you watch any child when there's music on they want to move to that music like you have to literally physically hold them down to stop them from like bopping around or twizzling around or jumping up and down like it is so natural for us and the unnatural thing is what we've done now which is to tell people that dance is for women, whatever that means, like it's ridiculous. Uh, or that when you're listening to music, you should sit still and be in silence and just, you know, let it all soak. Maybe there are moments for that as well. Yes, like all of these things can exist, but dance and music are for everyone and they're so important in bonding. And we've forgotten that not only can that happen when we're by ourselves and I'll just remind people that music has only ever been able to be in person until we started to record stuff. So I'll just remind people that when you're listening to music, your body is taking that like you are with people, like there are people in your physical space. That's how your body understands music. And so, you know, when we are feeling lonely or sad or whatever, and we put music on, we're not just doing that because of the lyrics and whatever. That's literally telling our body, I'm not alone right now because that always used to be the case. If you could hear music, that meant you were with other people and the same thing with dance like before we started to be able to record it if you were seeing other people moving like that was because they were in your space and we've forgotten all we've lost so much touch with this and lockdown has made it so much worse because we've gotten used to this and you know I made a whole podcast episode about the metaverse because I'm worried about what that's going to do to us uh, but that's not to say we can't dip in and out like it's wonderful that we can have these experiences and we can listen to music by ourselves and we can you know, watch a, a dance show and just sit here and not do anything. Like those are wonderful and we should enjoy them, but we're missing something else, which is the communal experience of movement together and sharing in that energy. And like you said, singing, another perfect example. Wow. I want to talk to you all day, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, but I, but I want to be in the integrity of your time. So uh, and there's also like so much you you mentioned now that like I want to ask you questions on. <laughs> I think we might have to do a second episode. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> like I have a little bit more time now if they're like super fresh. Yeah. But of course, I would love to have another chat if you want to. Yeah. The metaverse thing, too. Like I, I didn't watch the whole uh, there's this presentation on YouTube 
of all the features. And I'm just like, uh, it scares me. I feel like it's because they said in that, in that video, you've seen that video, right? Yeah. <laughs> they said that how it's going to start with like gaming and I'm like, okay, so they're targeting children. Like that's, that's where my mindset went. And I was telling my fiance, I was like, this is going to be heavily marketed towards our kids whenever we have kids. And it's just terrifying because for example, I don't have TikTok because I cannot control myself with TikTok. If I have TikTok on my phone, same. yeah, I could be on same, there same. for I don't have hours. It for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I had to delete it after like I spent just way too much time on there and I've just felt gross in my body. I was like, all right, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. And like, I wasn't even aware of my own body because yeah. I was out in my phone in this like TikTok universe. And like just thinking about how having it as a headset that would be way harder to set a boundary because you're not like you're not just putting a phone down like you're like inside of yeah. it's just terrifying to me and I yeah. don't I don't want any part of it <laughs> yeah do you know what there's one little thing that I would love to add because it's relevant to everything else that we've been talking about and it's linking two things together which is you know how we were talking about emotions being embodied before mm -hmm. um and then also us living in our heads well the other thing that's going to happen the more we live in the metaverse or mm -hmm. whatever <laughs> whatever it ends up being yeah is that we're going to lose more and more and more empathy and compassion. Like this is just a scientific That's fact terrifying. that people don't talk about, right? Because like if you yeah. as a person are not connected to your own emotions, uh, you're not going to care about other people's either. And we're already seeing that. Right? Yeah, we are like, seeing even, that already yeah. with younger yeah. kids. Yeah. Oh my God. And even like for, for our generation, like I see how, especially on YouTube, I don't get it as much on Instagram, but like on YouTube, people are like, they don't hold back like I've got some awful awful comments on YouTube and I'm like how many of these people would have said that to my face or at least would have said mm -hmm. it in the same way because like I don't mind getting criticism and I don't mind people disagreeing with me that's totally fine but like I wonder if it would have been said with the same words exactly or with the same you know and it's that first of all like that separation but also now without those moments of like imagine that you've just been at a concert right and you're all just singing together whatever and then someone does something that's a bit annoying or someone says something that you disagree with you're not going to react to them in the same way because you've just had that experience of like we are all one at the end of the day and I always mm -hmm. say this but like if you want to go back and trace our ancestors to the humans that we are all every single one of us related to so that's the thing of like we are all one literally on a mm -hmm. biological level like we're all related but then at the same time, we're all individuals. And so, of course, between that, there's going to be difference. But it's that empathy piece that is going to help us <laughs> to, like, stay with this connection. And I'm worried that as we start coming out of the body, that empathy piece, because that's where it lives. The empathy yeah. and the compassion, it lives in the body. Um, you know, and while we might have thoughts about, like, oh, this is what a good person would do. So I better say that thing. Like, that's not a, that's a different thing. And like, mm -hmm. that can be there too, but like, it needs to be at least partly embodied. So yes, yes. Mm -hmm. The metaverse is like, <laughs> what's happening people? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm up for like going in and doing like a virtual dance. So I think it might be fun, but like, I will definitely have strong boundaries around yeah. that stuff. Because as you said yeah. with TikTok, it's like, it's so, this is designed for us to get sucked in and never leave. <laughs> yeah, of course, because that's how people become billionaires. <laughs> yep that's how <laughs> mark zuckerberg <laughs> became a billionaire at age 23 <laughs> yeah yeah 
So um, I'm going <laughs> to listen to that episode today when I go for a walk. But speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, let's share how uh, our listeners can find out more about you, find out your podcast and how to work with you and all of that good stuff. Yes, sure. So my favorite place is Instagram, just because that's a nicer way for me to connect with people because I get to see also your profiles and we can have a chat in the DMs and stuff. So um, my handle is natalieor.co. My surname is with a double R, O-R-R. Um, and then the other place, like if you're into the ballet stuff, then Natalie Dancer is the place to go for the adult ballet stuff. Um, and then my YouTube channel is also Natalie, or it's just my name. And that's where my podcasts are as well as like the normal podcast places. But I always record it live on, on YouTube. So that's fun because then I can sometimes have a little bit of a conversation with people who are there live, which is also kind of fun. So that's the best place, Instagram and YouTube. Awesome. And I'll put those three links in the show notes. Thank and you. Lovely. I'm, I'm sad that this conversation is ending <laughs> because I want to talk to you all day. <laughs> it was so fun. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I appreciate you giving me your ears today. And if this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and or write the podcast a review if you're listening on iTunes so that more people can find this. If this episode gave you an aha moment or a cool takeaway that you want to share with me, I would love to hear about it on Instagram. You can DM me. My handle is at selfexpressbabe. Feel free to also screenshot this and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me so that I can repost you. And before I go, I just want you to remember that you are worthy of living a life you absolutely love. You can make it all happen. And until next time, be well and make time to do something today that makes you smile. Bye.